We're talking Detroit Tigers. We're talking American League Central. We're talking Jim Harbaugh on today's episode of Locked On Twins with Chris Castellani coming up next. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 2nd. I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Chris Castellani is with us of Barstool Sports. I'm sure like day one Lockdown listeners remember that Chris and I had a crossover the day after COVID like broke in yeah. America. I think that was the last time. We might have, might have had one in between, but Chris, I think, I think we had one in between. But our, our yeah, yeah, I do remember it was we had the the build up week was all yeah. set and everything was recorded, so we released all these podcasts like when we knew everything was about to go to crap. It yep. was well, a very awkward uh, position to be in at the time, but uh, we found our way back, uh, and I'm happy to be on today. Yeah, thank you for coming, Chris. For those who don't know, Chris was the host of Lockdown Tigers. Did an amazing job. It's uh, what's his name again over at Lockdown Tigers? Scott Bentley, who's uh, Scott doing Bentley, a, he's a great. up job as well. Yeah, yep, he's great. We miss Chris, but Chris has had a, a just a jam packed year since yeah. we, uh, we last spoke. Chris, you want to talk a little bit about your uh, your career path and and where it's taken you? It's been a, it's been a trip, dude. I mean, it's been uh, it's been very wild. It's been humbling. It's been rewarding. It's been fun. Uh, but you know, with that comes a tremendous amount of pressure. You know, as well. I mean, it's yeah, as much as I enjoyed doing Locked On and as much as I enjoyed uh, the videos that I made uh, at the time, I mean, there was the hobby has become a career now. And uh, that's with that comes, you know, a responsibility of trying to be the best you can be and being careful with what you say and, and trying to do what's best for yourself and your audience. But it's been it's been really, really insane. Um, the people at Barstool have been tremendous to me. Uh, the stoolies have been awesome. Um, and, and the people who were there from the beginning have continued to stay, you know, and that's, I, I want that to be a part of my brand forever is that this started, you know, doing the podcasts, uh, in the basement and doing the videos and watching what were some really, really terrible Tigers teams for a long time. And now we've, you know, we, we've built our way back to, uh, I'm at Barstool now and it's, uh, it's incredibly satisfying for sure. Chris is covering Michigan basketball. Little tiger, of course, tigers. A little bit of lions. Oh, very sparingly. I mean, with honestly, the most lion stuff I've covered has now been uh, what's going on with Stafford because, yeah. like, people in Detroit are just losing it. Um, and I'm I'm happy for him too. I'm yeah. I'm happy for him too. I think it's great. I think that he anytime you play for what is historically the worst organization in the history of sports, and you find your way out, um, and you um. It, it, and you find your way to a Super Bowl. I think that's awesome. Um, and I've had to write about it because I mean it's it's changed, you know, in a lot of ways, it's changed my perception of him to a certain extent. Because like you wondered in all those years in Detroit, it's like, okay, how much of it was on him? Was there any part of it that was on him? And now for him to be satisfied or you know, to be succeeding and to be satisfied the way he's been, um, I think it's wonderful. I, I think it's been truly uh remarkable and uh that's been that's provided me with with a fair amount of content uh and i wrote a few blogs that got some traction but uh yeah no i mean i, I covering lions a little bit a lot of michigan stuff uh which i think we're gonna talk about 
here yep. in a second. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, one thing that has been excellent about Barstool is they've given me a ton of creative freedom to write about what I love and to write about what I know. And um, they've given me that opportunity. It's been great. You're doing a great job. I Thank will you. say I've been watching and following a lot of Michigan basketball. I love Juwan Howard. Mm -hmm. uh, disappointing year, but good win last night. And yeah. uh, I watched him play Michigan State. That was fun. Good first half. Hunter Dickinson is uh, is good. But yeah. for those who don't know, Chris has post game videos. Are you going to do Tigers post games this summer? Oh yeah, no, that will. Oh yeah. I don't know when. I, I, somebody asked me about this a while ago. When would the day come where like that ceases to exist? And I, I mean, retirement. Like I don't, yeah. I don't see the day ever coming where it's just like. And I, I want to work at Barstool forever, but I, I don't see the day ever coming where it's like I can't do these. I mean, right. that is like. I got to where I'm at because of those. So those will not be going away anytime soon. I remember when I first came across Chris was the 2019 season. And we're going to mm -hmm. talk Tigers today. And we're going to talk, um, as you mentioned, Michigan football. But the 2019 season was one of the, maybe one of the worst you've probably ever seen. I think you've called the Tigers. So. Yeah, I think you called the Tigers offense one of the worst in MLB history mm -hmm. that year. And my buddy, so I texted my buddies today and I said, hey, Barstool Chris is coming on. Chris Castellani, my buddy, do you have any questions for him? And my buddy AJ sent me this video of a lineup that was being announced at Target Field. And it yeah, was, I saw it yesterday. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, of I, the Tigers lineup at Target Field. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just insane. It, it, and you know, it's so weird how much things have changed. Like the weird ebbs and flows were like, I will maintain forever. Like the Tigers dug themselves a massive hole. And this rebuild has gone on way longer than it should have. But, like, that was three years ago, that lineup. And yeah. looking at where they're going to be or where I project them to be, kind of the one through nine, if you include Green and Torkelson in the lineup, which they'll be there, you know, at some point early. The fact that they've gotten a lineup to be, like, respectable three years removed from having – the, the one that – you're the video you're talking about, I think Miggy had – Miggy might have had a day off. There were zero major league starters on that team. Yeah. Like, you've had a – like, Victor Reyes is, like, a fourth, fifth outfielder. But, you know, you had Brandon Dixon at first base. Yeah, like, I mean, we're talking like Ronnie Rodriguez, like some Dowell Lugo. Like it was, that was like the dark period of Tigers baseball. So it's like, it's weird how they deserve a lot of criticism. The front office does for digging themselves a massive hole. And yet they do deserve some praise for digging themselves out of the hole that they like put themselves into. It's, it's kind of a weird process that's gone on. But yeah, no, they, among Tigers Twitter, like, even last year, and last year wasn't something amazing. It was 77 wins. Like people would share like those lineups mm -hmm. um, late in September when they had all but given up. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was not not a fun period for sure. I think the Tigers are a great example of baseball is not as sticky, and this has been discussed as we think it is in terms of you looked at the Tigers in 2019, and I personally said like I don't see the Tigers anywhere near 77 wins in the next five years. Yeah. Right. No, but I thought all I it thought takes, the same way. yeah. All it takes is a Jamer breakout. Robbie Grossman signing Jonathan scope as the team MVP, at least in the first half, the young starters come up and pitch well for the most part at, at times, you know, have pitched really well, yeah, together. Yeah. but it, it comes together so fast. There's a win there. There's two wins there. There's three wins there. And all of a sudden you're at 77, you're looking forward and you're saying, wow. And I actually said in a, a survey last week, that I think the Tigers could be the best team in the Central in the next five years. And it's as quick as yeah. that. What's your response to that? Because I know you've been a White Sox guy uh, yeah. through and through, at least supported what they've done. Well, you know what's weird is I I believe the White Sox are far and away the most talented team in the division. Uh, like, so I don't, I think, 
you essentially have to be crazy to dispute that. I mean, last year they won 95 games, and you look at the amount of games Grandal and Robert and Jimenez missed. I mean, that was a pretty impressive, you know, run they went on. I have been, I'm not going to say discouraged because, like, I would prefer they be bad because it would be good for the Tigers. Right. But I've been, you know, obviously this is the big one. Uh, the managerial hire was shocking and remains yeah. shocking. And yeah. people, on the few people on the inside that I know, uh, within the Tigers organization, we're stunned. I mean, they were they were banking on AJ is going to get the offer there, and you know he's going to go to Chicago. Never happened. But even beyond that, like I've been very surprised by either the lack of spending or who they've spent money on. Like you yeah, saw, I agree. In twenty twenty, and obviously truncated season, but like that that team was going to be good like all year. They had a really good lineup. You know, guys were the Giolito was pitching great. Um, but I was what you know expecting the big splash, the big, you know, the, the move that you make to really solidify yourself post, you know, breakout season. And, um, Grandal was, is excellent. But yep. after that, um, they haven't really spent big money. And like, I would go as far as say like the Tigers off season right now, not to say that it's anything amazing, but with Baez and Erod and bringing in Barnhart through a trade, like the White Sox are a team that at least from a front office standpoint, kind of seems like they're twiddling their thumbs a little bit, which is a bit surprising mm-hmm. considering the talent that they have. Um, they spent a, they've done something that to me I would not do, which is put a lot of money into relievers. Uh, now thus far it's worked out with Kyle Hendricks, but like, I don't know. I almost get, it won't be this bad because the lineup is great. And the front office is more competent, but I almost get like, remember that the Rockies super pen from a few years ago and they got like Wade Davis and Brian Shaw and everyone's like, Oh man, you know, they're going to be shutting things down at Coors field. And that was basically a disaster for all three of them. I'm, I'm completely on board with the white Sox going forward in terms of their young core, but even the best cores need, you know, talent around them to supplement that roster. And I I don't know if they're there yet. So as far as the tigers potentially in the next five years, being the best team, uh, look, it's entirely possible in five years. Like you just said in 2019, you were watching thinking, and I was too saying this team's not going to get to 77 wins in five years. And they, you know, in two, they kind of, you know, put together a team that was relatively respectable. Um, It's, it's very possible. A lot of it depends on health and uh, even more so with this core, because, um, unlike, you know, with the exception of Barrios for the most part, what you guys did with the twins, you built a lot through, uh, position players. Yeah. Um, when you're building, you know, I love Torkelson and I love green and I think they're going to be complete studs, but, um, the, the, the central part of this rebuild has been pitching. Like if those mm-hmm. guys arms fall apart, you know, knock on wood, I don't want it to happen. I think their development thus far has been wonderful. Um, then you're running into some serious question marks regarding the future of the organization. But I think they're, they're at a point now they're in a better standing than they've been in a long time. Um, I think the future is brighter than it's been in a long time, but uh, you know, time will only time will tell in regards to how good this team can be. It's the new year. So that means new year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include built bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring by like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate and contain only 130 calories in most of the bars. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret cheat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace 
replace them with Built Bars. And go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bars are delicious. Built Bars are healthy. Go to Built.com. Promo code LOCKED15. I think the Twins fans can look at the Tigers in some ways. The Twins are expecting to have probably six or seven starters debut this year. And yeah, you, you can get so fired up. And they're not on the level of Mize or Scooball or, or even Manning. But you can get yourself fired up and you can start to expect much more than than what you should expect for these guys. Casey Mize is one of the best three or five right-handed prospects in, in the world yeah. a couple of years ago. And he's he's been good. He had a, I thought he had a good season ups and downs right and that's what happens and that's that's just development it's it's going to happen Tarek Skubal is electric you look at his stuff purely yeah. at his stuff and you say this this guy could be an ace and then he mm-hmm. gives up a lot of homers you know we watched at target field gave up some homers yeah, you, you guys you guys bombed him like on multiple occasions I feel I like. remember yeah. I remember watching him it's it's not linear progression I have to remind myself of that all the time mm-hmm. with these yeah guys. it's not linear there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be crazy years. That's why we love the game. It's it's crazy. Things can happen, and, and it's wild. But I think the Tigers are in a good spot. I agree with you on the Sox. I think they put themselves in a – I don't want to call it precarious position because I'm not – I think they're in a, a good spot, obviously are in a good spot. I think they've missed some opportunities to get better, certainly. Uh, Chris covers Michigan football religiously. I watched your – I got. I felt like I was getting into Michigan football because I was watching your, your post games about Mich- Michigan football. Um, mm-hmm. amazing year, yeah. Ohio state, get to the playoff, Georgia beat them up a little bit, but what a year. And now yeah. I'm going to put it on the screen for those on YouTube. Jim Harbaugh could be heading to Minnesota. It's not confirmed, but Chris, no. I want to get your opinion. Do you think it's going to happen? I believe that at this point, if it doesn't, something very bizarre will have happened with the contract negotiations. Um, by accounts from people that I really trust. And I usually don't like being sources guy because I think you just kind of set yourself up for failure. But people that I know are very reliable who have ins with the program and have had ins with the program for a long time believe that, um, you know, the report was he left Schembechler Hall a few days ago to take a flight to Minnesota. And um, he was intent that he probably would not be coming back at least if he did come back he would not be the head coach at Michigan anymore so I believe I'm not going to say it's at the goal line because it was technically only an interview um but I wrote my piece uh, uh, already it's up on Barstool and it was probably a little bit premature but I I do not believe he will be coaching Michigan uh, next year and it's going to create a very weird legacy I'll say you know this is a twins podcast and thus a Minnesota uh podcast he's a really good football coach he's a good coach I believe that he's actually a coach who's probably better suited weirdly and this is so rare better suited for the NFL than he is uh, for college. And and one of my friends, Tony Paul, tweeted something that is very true, which is when you are a college football coach, that's a 24-7, 365 uh, day a year job. In the NFL, there is no recruiting. I mean, there's obviously free agency, but most of that, uh, unless you're somebody like Belichick who kind of runs the team, it falls under um, the front office and management. I think that Harbaugh is now um, – He's in his 60s. You know, he is a guy who has had a, tr- a tremendous amount of success. I will maintain, if he, if this is the end, I will maintain his tenure at Michigan was a disappointment. I am not somebody who says all is forgiven after one good season. Like, there was a lot, there was some epic fail in those first six years. And to be honest, if he didn't have 
the connection to the program, which was, you know, playing, being a quarterback at Michigan, having the track record, they probably would have fired him after the COVID year. I mean, that year was a disaster. They found a way to turn it around, but um, I think he will, he will do a, a fine job uh, in Minnesota because he's a fine uh, head coach. Um, but I think that we're in a weird, awkward position right now where if he comes back, um, I tweeted that it would be the equivalent of like when Michael Scott came back from New York after insisting that like he was going to take James <laughs> job. And, Cause it, it, I think that Michigan fans in general are very upset and rightfully so, you know, you, you win the big 10. Awesome. Yep. You beat Ohio state more awesome. You get to the playoffs. Yes. Georgia blew your doors off, but like Georgia was, whew, I mean, yeah, that's, they're, they're just on another level, man. Yeah. That's another Welcome hey, back. I'm back. Welcome back. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, but Georgia was on another level. I mean, that's the upper tier, the upper echelon. And now a month has passed, uh, an important recruiting period. He's interviewing for an NFL job the, on signing day. Like, I don't yeah. think that that's a really good look. So if he comes back at this point, the momentum that they will have had following what was, you know, a remarkable year last year is kind of died down. So, look, I – I wrote a relatively scathing piece on Barstool today that I'm sure people are going to take the wrong way. I actually like Jim Harbaugh, and I think that Jim Harbaugh, as a human being, um, much of the criticism lobbed his way is, is a little bit unfair. I think he's grown a lot as a person. I think he's grown a lot as a father. I met him once. I mean, I know I'm sure he doesn't remember, but it was about five years ago. Very kind. You know, loves Michigan. I have no, like, qualms necessarily about the character of Jim Harbaugh, but Football and sports are a business the same way that podcasting is a business and the same way that writing is a business. And I think that if he leaves now, um, a majority of people will view his exit and thus his tenure as a whole as a bit of a disappointment. But I'll contend to the end. I believe that Jim Harbaugh is a very good football coach, and I think he will do an excellent job in Minnesota, especially when you look at the outlook of that division with Rodgers leaving, uh, potentially, I mean, probably. Um They'll probably be the favorites to win the North next year. I mean, the Bears are rebuilding. The Lions are the Lions. And then the Packers, you know, are in a very tough spot with their cap space and a very tough spot without Rodgers. So it, it's an appealing job. They have some built-in solid skill position players. I mean, Kirk Cousins isn't amazing, but, you know, Jordan Jefferson's an excellent receiver. And uh, they still have, uh, you know, some some good play, running backs. So I think that they'll be the, he'll be solid if he goes there. But um, th- there is some legitimate frustration uh, regarding um, – where the Harbaugh currently stands in the Michigan program. I think a lot of people are disappointed and they should be. It moves so fast. It felt like, yeah, it's just last week where it's, it was a rumor and this week it, he's coming and Oh, it's done last night. It's like, what yeah. happened here? It just moved very, very quickly. Um, but Vikings fans are fired up. And I, I admittedly mm-hmm. don't know a whole lot about him. I remember the super bowl when the power went out, um, <laughs> when he was coaching the right. Yeah. Years. Uh, but other than that, don't know a ton about him or, or his scheme. I know he's he's an interesting dude. I watched an interview. I think it was right after Michigan won the Big Ten. Uh, yeah. And I was watching him. He's an interesting guy. And him and Kirk mm. Cousins will be interesting together. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pairing. Even beyond, I mean, it'd be an interesting pairing. But even beyond that, we're talking about a Michigan guy mentoring a Michigan State quarterback. So I mean, oh, there's true, the other, true. there's the other, there's the other added element to that. So um, true. you know, that that would definitely uh, be fun. But I, I, I'm up to this point a little bit disappointed by the lack of track. I would I mean, be it's too. Been a month. It's been a month. Um, following what was a remarkable season, and it just seems like, you know, we've been stuck in the mud for the last month. And at this point, I'd be, I'd be totally fine if he went. 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite action. Bet online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs, right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports, scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new, amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. Again, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Go to BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Lockout's still going on, Chris. We're frustrated. Yeah. People are pissed. Doesn't yeah. feel like it's, it's coming to an end anytime soon. But if it does... Right. What's your sense on uh, Mr. Correa? Because there were some rumblings that even after Javier Baez signs with the Tigers, yeah. that they could move him to second and sign Carlos Correa to play short. What do you think? Right. Chris, if that happened, that lineup, like you yes. could deal with the lumps of a young pitching staff at that point. If if that happened, then the take of could the Tigers win the Central, the, the it's odd. 2022. It's 2022. Um, right, in this yeah. year. Let me – and I know a lot of Tigers fans have tweeted about it. Let me just put an end to this. Carlos Correa will not be a Tiger. Carlos Correa is not going to be a Tiger. He will sign. I don't know. I, I would. I Angels stand out. I'd kind of lose respect for him if he did that because I feel like that's you know, win, go go ahead and win seventy seven games a year and see what yeah. happens. You know, I mean yeah. that's kind of you know they're, they're in that perpetual mediocrity. But um, no, look, I. I it, it was one of those things that Detroit sports fans. And by the way, I was not just, you know, on this bandwagon. I was at the front of the train. I mean, I yeah. was leading the charge. From last year. You were doing like a year ago. when his Oh, yeah. Out. No, I mean, yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. I was on that bandwagon of let's get him here. Now, of course, the big reason for that, the Hinch connection. A.J. Hinch managed Correa. Correa loves Hinch. Um, and there were rumblings. I do believe the Tigers reached out. In fact, I, I think Evan Petzold, the Detroit Free Press, reported the Tigers did offer him a contract uh, in the 200s for, I believe, it was a it was a shorter deal than he probably would have wanted, but the AAV was pretty high. Um, given the current status, ownership, management, he was not going to come here. Um, there were a lot of talks about it. Now the thing is, and, and I've fallen into this trap many times as well. Sometimes Detroit sports fans and fans in general, it's not a Detroit thing. When they don't get their guy, doesn't mean that they didn't get a guy. Like right. this team has played with. Since and this guy wasn't even like amazing, but since Jose Iglesias left, has played with well below replacement level shortstops for several years. I mean, we're talking, it was a bad string, dude. Zach I mean, Short, Zach Short, Dowell Lugo, Jordy Nico. Mercer, um, you know, Nico, Nico Goodwin. Yep. Yeah, I mean, at least Nico was probably the best of them, and even yeah. he's you know, he's had like a 600 something OPS his last two years. So, regardless of how, you know, the potential fall off of Javi Baez, which I think is valid. You know, the strikeout rate is is very dangerous. But he, he is, him and Tim Anderson are the two unicorns of baseball where they kind of go against what modern analytics preach, which is take pitches, get on base, draw walks. Um, These are guys who, I mean, never walk. They strike out all the time. They chase all the time. And yet uh, their bat-to-ball skills are so good and their contact rate is good to a point where um, – you know, they they will add a lot to a team. I mean, Javi Baez, uh, take out the COVID year for a second, and, and but you look at his career, 
we're talking about a guy who at on his worst day, you know, post 2016 is a three war player. Well, that's the equivalent of three more wins. So yeah. that's, I'm okay with that. Is it amazing? Would I have broken the bank for you know, uh, Carlos Correa? If it was my money, yes, because there's no salary cap and I want to win games. But I also do understand the business approach to that, where if we get one Correa, we're not going to be able to get in Eduardo Rodriguez. We're not right. going to bring in a, a solid backup catcher, solid starting catcher in Tucker Barnhart. I mean, I think that, um, they've done a good job of kind of allocating their assets up to this point now. And obviously the lockout throws a wrench into stuff. If this is it, then no, that's a disappointment. Like yeah. you got to get at least make one more signing. Chris Illich is one of the richest owners in all the sports. Um, you got to make your move, but, um, thus far, despite, you know, the, the rumblings about Correa, I do believe there's one more signing in them, but I've been generally like pretty pleased with, um, the direction this off season has gone for the Tigers. You have. John Scope, Twins yep. legend. Love John yep. Scope. Eric Haas, yep. Torkelson's a righty, correct? Green's correct, a righty yeah. too, isn't he? Or is Green lefty? Green is lefty. Green is okay. lefty. Yeah. So you He's got Tork coming, yeah. you got Haas, you got Scope, you got Baez. Mm-hmm. I could see one of those platoon outfielders, Jack Peterson, Schwarber, Eddie Rosario. One of those yeah. three agents would be a good, a good match for Detroit. It's, it's possible. I believe, and Hinch has alluded to this, I actually think they're happy with the current outfield outlook. You have Robbie Grossman coming back, um, who had a career year last year, who, again, plays like every day, which is, again, knock on wood, you hope he stays yeah. healthy, um, is, what, again, kind of a unicorn. Where When you look at, like, the top five guys who draw the most walks in baseball, it's like Aaron Judge, Joey Gallo, Freddie Freeman, and then for some reason Robbie Grossman is on that list, which is kind of bizarre. But I think and Riley Green will be here next year. I think that in general, they're happy between Badu um, and uh, Victor Reyes and Derek Hill. I think A.J. Hinch believes that those are three platoon guys that on any given day, given the matchups, you can plug into a lineup and have them succeed. They're not everyday guys. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, if it was up to me, yeah, I would probably be willing to spend more money on an outfielder. My guess is... Um, they're going to want another starter because, you know, Matt Boyd is no longer a part of the organization. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't, he would have missed a majority of the year anyway. Uh, we know what happened with uh, Spencer Turnbull, Tommy John, he'll be out all year. You look at Mize Manning and Scooball, and while I believe all three of them, pending health, will be excellent pitchers, they're also young. And while their innings may not be monitored, they will be, you know, I, I think there will be short leashes at play. I, I don't see I, any of them pitching more than 150 innings this year. They're in their second year. I mean, uh, and Manning is really in his first full year. I think what they're going to look for in free agency after the lockout is a starter who can provide those innings that Mize Manning and Scooball may not be able to provide. Now, Eduardo Rodriguez could be that guy, though he's had some injury problems. A guy I've honed in on who I've been, you know, kind of thinking about is. Zach Greinke, who, yeah. you know, I know he's, I know he's 38, but he pitched, I believe, 170 something innings last year, which I think would have led the Tigers staff had he have been in Detroit. We're talking about a pitcher's park and for the most part, a pitcher's division in the American League Central. He's, you know, over the last several years, he's, he's kind of got this Greg Maddox thing going on where he's throwing 88 mile per hour fastballs, but he's getting fly balls. He's getting ground outs, um, would be a tremendous mentor for these young pitchers yeah. uh, that to me is a guy that I would lean towards I think that in terms of position players they're probably out we'll see but I I would guess their next move would be one more starter 
Grunky is interesting. You just feel like even if he's lost velocity, even if he was bad down the stretch, you just know he's going to get out. You know what I mean? He's, I'm just like, he's, still, gonna yeah. he's just going to find a way. He's well past his prime, but he's still very much a capable, serviceable pitcher. And if you yeah. sign him, it would be a one-year deal anyway, so it would be very low risk, high reward. Chris, what would a successful season look like for these Tigers in 2022? You always, I think you always have a good gauge on this because last year I agreed. Yes, I, I agree. Last year, complete success, right? Mm, yeah, totally agree. What, yeah, I, what does that look like this year? It, it's weird because, like, Detroit Tigers baseball and baseball seasons in general are not like college football. Like to me, Michigan football, it's like. You win the Big Ten, you win 11 games, that's a success. If you don't, well, then you're coming up short. When we're talking about a rebuild, I mean, to me, especially, dude, I was man, I was having a conversation with somebody, with multiple people after April, where I said, man, I think this thing is about to completely go full Hindenburg, where I think that they're going to lose 110 games. Yeah. I think Avila is going to resign, I think, just out of disgrace, really. And we could have a situation where A.J. Hinch just sees the writing on the wall and just try, I know he's under contract, but tries to find another job just because this thing, we're going to go through rebuild number two. And they played at an 85 win pace the last four months of the season. And uh, that was, I, again, I call it a success. This year, look, to me, my heart says playoffs are bust. Uh, yeah. Assuming, you know, assuming there's, whether there's an expanded postseason or not. My In my head, I say, I want to look at the standings at the end of the year and see a team that is, within five games or less of, of that last wild card spot. Yeah. Now maybe maybe that doesn't maybe that means a really bad April again and then you 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 find your way back. Maybe that means a hot start and then you lose it in August. But what I want more than anything is I want competitive, meaningful baseball in August. Um and hopefully even into September. You know, because there are I'm, there are admittedly still a lot of holes in this team. Will the bullpen hold up the way it did last year? You, you even saw some cracks in the foundation late last season with Cisnero kind of falling apart and Funkhauser wasn't great in September. Will these pitchers take the next step? Will Torkelson and Green have like a Chris Bryant type of impact where they just step in right away in their money? We don't know. But what to me, anything um, less than, you know, an improvement over last year's win total would be a failure. I think that they're very much capable. I think they're a better team than they were uh, last year. And, and regardless of what um, people are going to say about Avila and about Illich, and I've said more than almost anybody, um, this was a 77-win team, and your number one goal going into every offseason is how do we make this team better? Well, they have. They've made this yeah. team. Now, So a million different things can happen with injuries and, and such, but like I – I almost a team that I would compare this to, and I, I really hope I'm right about this, is the Indians or now Guardians in 2015, where they had this year. It was after Kluber won the Cy Young, and they everyone had these huge expectations, and they got off to a pitiful start. Yeah, and I, I think even going into that season, I think Tom Verducci had them in the World Series, and they were like they had like a, an awful April and even awful May. And at the end of that year, they were like four or five games out of a playoff spot. The next year, they went to the World Series. I think because those real those young guys like Lindor and Ramirez finally late, late in that season started to come into their own, I think we could have a similar arc here where you have some really good young starters, some very young position players who may not show it until late in the year. Um, I think that, look, playoffs would be the ultimate goal, obviously, but um, 
I think this will be a team that will hover around that 80 plus win mark and um, will play some competitive baseball late in the season. And as much as I, I would love to see them, you know, make a run in the postseason, uh, I think that would be that's a reasonable goal in my in my uh, opinion. Tigers Royals will be fascinating to watch. I just think this division is going to be interesting. The mm-hmm. Central is going to be interesting. I think in the next, not just in 2022, but again in the next three to five years, because I think yeah. you know, the Royals have had a lot of of top five picks as well. They yeah. should be they should be moving along now too, and I think they are with Bobby yeah. Wood Jr. and and they got some other guys and, and some pitchers. Asa Lacy had a tough year, but I think they I think they're coming too. So this division is going to be interesting. Chris can't wait for the post games. Hopefully. Let's get it going, man. I, hopefully, we get them in April, man. Oh. I'm trying. I'm. 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 I'm trying to hold out hope. I'm trying to. I'm just stick, like you know. disgusted. I'm disgusted by. It. I don't I, even disgust it. You know what's? You know what's so frustrating? I put this in my blog the other day. Is like if you ask any player, coach, or media member, they all feel the same way we do, and yeah. it's just so unfortunate that the only people who don't share the disgust that guys like me and you share. Uh, are the people who are negotiating. I mean, it's yeah. it's changed the game, and it makes things uh, very frustrating. But, you know, still just got to keep the fingers crossed. I'll say this. I know for a fact, and I think you can probably attest to this, there will be baseball this year. Yes. They're not – I mean, they would – they are – they're stupid. They are not stupid enough no. to not play a season. There, We will have one. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you'd prefer – you'd prefer it be – um, you'd prefer it be opening – the regular opening day because I put this in my blog the other day. We have not had a proper opening day um, since 2019. I mean, 2020 was July last year, limited capacity, and then who knows what's going to happen this year. You know, that's a that's a really uh, a difficult indictment if they're not able to get things done. But you just, nothing else to do but keep holding out hope. Yep, I remember when we talked, mentioned right after everything kind of broke. Never did I think it would be a 60 game season, but I hope we're heading for a better outcome here with the lockout. Chris, thank you so much. You're the man. Yeah, we'll, you too, uh, buddy. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you course. so much. We'll get back on at Castellani 2014 on Twitter. One of the best follows you can you can make. So go out and do that. Chris, thank you so much.